Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road has protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tyre buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the lovely, sunny city of Angels, where it appears Joey Bosa's getting close, getting close to getting back playing for the Lightning Bolts. That is big news for the 72 Chargers. We'll ask uh, Melvin Ingram a little bit later on the show just how close is he? How close is he? But uh, I, I, I really want to start with, uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that's because there is, there is trouble in paradise. And look, there, there's also a... Things run their course. Right? Things run their course. We, we've seen this in every sport but especially in basketball. Kobe and Shaq could no longer coexist. They just could not. The difference is that this was a group that had won a championship. Maybe the reason for toxicity is 
They had won a championship, and then the following year they won 73 games. And then they went out and added a player who had had been an MVP, had led them three games to one. There, there was just – sometimes relationships don't make it the distance because of the past. Sometimes guys have mom issues or dad issues or previous job issues. And even if the, the idea of the relationship, like that works, why it doesn't sometimes work is there's just too much to unpack. Just too much to unpack. This is not all Kevin Durant's fault. It is not all Draymond Green's fault. Some of it, believe it or not, is actually Steph Curry's fault and Clay Thompson's fault and Steve Kerr's fault. Not because they've done anything wrong, but because they were so successful on their own. Like, look, Steph Curry was an MVP. He won the unanimously voted MVP. They won 73 games, didn't win a championship, but had won one previously. He, He has been the most beloved professional athlete in American sports at times over the last half decade. The most beloved. Are there haters out there? Sure. But generally, have you... We watch Odell Beckham Jr. warm up some. We watch Steph Curry warm up 82 times plus the playoffs in the preseason. From his wife to his adorable daughter, now I know he has two kids, to his parents back when he was... Like, this dude is a beloved dude. And he opened up his locker room to a guy who used to be a rival. Who does that? Steph Curry. Like, I I actually think he's the real deal as a star and as a human being. That said, he's just as responsible. Because you had to know that if you go out and get Kevin Durant, he's played a different style. He's been wired differently. Comes from a different background, a different part of the country. And, oh yeah, by the way, he was brought in by Draymond Green, who... Even Draymond's ideals run counter to many of the things that Steph believes in. They all believe in winning. They all know each other's value. But there is so much to unpack. So much. A team that played with pure joy and shared the ball and celebrated others' success brings in a guy who, he's not the most, he's not the, he's not the, ISO Joe, Joe Johnson. He doesn't even demand the ball and have the usage rate of a James Harden or LeBron James. But he had played in a system where one of two guys got it every time they needed a bucket, and that was just the way it was. And then you factor in Kevin Durant, who, this is just my belief. I think he's partially scarred by not winning with the Thunder. That made him think, Listen, if I just go and win, no, there's nothing anyone can't say about me. If I just go and play defense and win and, and I'm better than LeBron James, the same position in the NBA Finals, then no one can say anything about me. And then they have. And he can't take it. And some of it is the past. Some of it is the present. Some of it is even the media is insistent. Whose team is it? Like, I've never walked into a locker room and be like, whose team? Oh, it's Jimmy's team. Jimmy, Jimmy, you're Jimmy's team. 
But as well as Steph Curry seems to handle it, as well as Clay Thompson seems to handle it, as well as Steve Kerr seems to handle it, Kevin Durant hasn't handled it. I mean, burner accounts and going at guys on social media. What are you doing? You're an NBA superstar. You're an NBA superstar. Here's Kevin Durant last night after their win over the Hawks in which Draymond Green was suspended for the game. Hey, Kevin, have you and Draymond been able to hash anything out? No. Do you see that happening anytime soon? I'm sure it will. We got a long season ahead. Did he cross the line with anything last night that was said? I'm going to keep that in house. That's That's what we do here. I know you guys got a job to do, but I'm not trying to get nobody no headlines. What happened, happened. We're trying to move on. Just trying to play basketball. If you were trying to move on, you would have had a conversation about it. Anyone who's ever been in a relationship knows when you stop talking, the relationship ceases to exist. Right? You stop talking with your boss, you're probably going to be looking for a different job. You stop talking with somebody else, you have your own business and you own it with, own it with a buddy. You guys stop talking to each other like I can't even talk to them. And of course, in relationships. If you can't sit down and have honest, frank conversations and just be people, then the relationship ceases to exist. And, oh yeah, by the way, Draymond kind of unpacked a lot of baggage all at once. You know, the words and things that he said to Durant did step over the line. But a lot of it was just venting out of frustration. I was the guy, I'm talking about Draymond, who vouched for you to join our group. We went out to the Hamptons. We told you how it would work, why it would work. But I was the guy who swore by you. This is like when a guy screws up at work and you were the one who he put down as a reference, right? I was your main reference. The guy called me and said, hey, does he have a drinking problem? And I was like, no, that's over. He'd like to have a couple of drinks. Then you come in drunk to work four or five days in a row and they got to get rid of you. And I look like the idiot because I swore by you. Can Kevin Durant get along and share the basketball? Sure. He only didn't in Oklahoma City because they had Andre Robertson. They had Steven Adams. They had other guys that couldn't play. So you had to go get your own buckets. You had to. Of course, Draymond's frustrated. The stories about New York and I've heard the Clippers. I've heard it's the Clippers or New York and don't ever bet against Jerry West. But those stories, they don't just come out of nowhere. They're not made up from opposing teams and opposing agents. Those stories are planted for a reason. And Draymond's point probably is like, look, dude, we're not idiots. We know when people get these stories where they get stories from. We came and recruited you and you can't just even for the sake of the season can't say like, hey, I'm staying here forever. All right. Sure. At the end of the year, you may change your mind, be a hypocrite. But that's that's the way the game is played. Instead, you leave it open to interpretation. You're going to keep your options open. And now we have to answer these questions everywhere we go. I don't blame Draymond for being upset. I don't blame him for being mad. It's like, look, I've been making plays in transition. Whoever gets it goes with it at the end of a game, which is what led to this argument. Now, in the context of that game, I do think Durant should have gotten the basketball. And, and I think that the suspension of... Uh, of Draymond has nothing to do with the long-term future or sucking up to Kevin Durant. I just think it's, look, Draymond was out of line. That's it, period. He was out of line. He went crazy. He went and 
He started talking about things he shouldn't talk about. And he had an airing of grievances. It was Festivus for the rest of us. But that wasn't the time and definitely not the place, especially if you guys are close friends, hash it out in private when no one else is around or close the door and have Steve Kerr join you. But I do think that this is one of those relationships that's bound to end in divorce. And the main reason is Kevin Durant thought that if you win an NBA championship, you win an NBA finals MVP, you would be fulfilled. And there's something about the top of the mountain that Kevin Durant has learned. There's no chairs there. There's no chairs. There's no camaraderie. There's just the top of the mountain. That's it. To, To any of us who are super motivated people, you'll get to the top of the mountain. You'll be like, man, this is great. Now what? Shouldn't the, is there an automatic gate to heaven? Is there some, something that makes me feel more fulfilled? That, that's one of the reasons that you got to have a family. You got to have balance. Is because if you try and fulfill yourself with just your sport or just your job, you're going to end up feeling hollow. You don't have anybody to share it with because there's no chairs up there. There's no greeting parade. And Durant has figured that out the hard way. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, do we got a lot to get to today. I got a seismic, no, a metric ton. It's official. Le'Veon Bell will not play all season. We talked about this some yesterday. And he's very, very unlikely to ever play for the Steelers again. I have one piece of advice, and this is really important, for a team that signs Le'Veon Bell. The one thing you cannot forget about Le'Veon Bell if you sign Le'Veon Bell. I'll share it with you next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. This year, Progressive celebrates six years and over 600 cars given to veterans. Giving thanks by providing independence for those who protect it. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. It's an important thing to mention when you're talking about Le'Veon Bell. And I I will, I'm going to credit Ryan Music, my producer, because he kind of mentioned this to me previously, and um, it's become more and more obvious. This is the segment known as once a cheater, always a cheater. Right. That's what that's what women all say about a guy or guys will say about a woman. Like if you if you hook up with a girl and she's with another dude. It's not that you can't be mad. But if later on in your relationship, she finds another dude while you guys are still together, like, are you supposed to be that surprised? Are you? You know, if if your research, if you're doing a business deal with a guy, you're like, man, you got to wait till the till you actually see cash come out of his bank account. Once you see cash, once he locks in, then you're like, well, he's in. But look, he's walked away from a lot of deals in the past. Uh, take a listen to what Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, had to say about soon-to-be former Steeler, Le'Veon Bell. He's not here. He's not going to be here, so we don't talk about it. I texted him yesterday um, before the deadline, asking him, uh, you know, text him, tell him, hope he was going to show up. 
And if he decided not to, I wish him nothing but the best. He was a great teammate, a great football player. You know, to each their own on what they want to walk away from. Each guy has their own um, motives and motivations, and, um, you know, I can't comment on him. I am glad that we won't talk about this anymore, though. Did he text you back? No. Yeah, no, he didn't text me back. He's done. My, 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 only, my only point, and it's an important one, an important distinction, is it's basically like Darrell Rivas. Look, Darrell Rivas was an incredible cornerback for a time. And if you remember, he held out with the New York Jets and ultimately got his way and got the deal. Now, it ended up causing the Jets to ultimately have to break apart because the Jets at the time didn't manage the salary cap, plus they didn't have good enough quarterback play. But they went to two AFC championship games in a row, and they made the mistake of telling Darrell Rivas, saying out loud, hey, he's the best cover corner in football. At the time, Namdi Osmawai had a ridiculous contract with the Raiders, and he wanted to be paid the same amount. But if you look at Darrell Rivas... The knock on Darrell Rivas should have been then. I said it then, and it proved to be true. Look, if you give in to a guy when he holds out, then he's just going to hold out again. And in this case, if Le'Veon Bell thinks he's done the right thing, he believes that he's going to change what running backs make and he's going to be a free agent. He knows the Jets need a running back and the Jets have a bunch of money. In addition to the idea of like, look, I get he thinks it's Todd Gurley money, but Todd Gurley's two and a half years younger and Todd Gurley showed up for every day at work and the Rams decided to rework his deal a year before they had to. Different franchise, but if you want to use it as a comp, fine. We got to compare ages. He's two years older. Um, but, but here's the most important part. If everything goes right, Le'Veon Bell's a tremendous player, but if everything goes right and he achieves pro bowl, all pro status, couldn't we see a day in which Le'Veon Bell decides, I don't really like this contract. I'll sit out because I've proven that I will sit out. Here's a guy who. Look, he didn't win the bluff. He just didn't. He said um, he was not bluffing. You know, he had, by his own estimation, he had a really, really good hand. He had a good hand. He had three of a kind. And the problem was the Steelers have a royal flush. There's nothing he can do. But he had a really good hand, so we don't think he's bluffing in the future. But that actually is not that great a thing. Because now if you're the Jets or you're whomever, you're like, look, if we pay him, great. But when we get to a point in his contract where he doesn't like the terms, he's going to sit out. He doesn't care. Doesn't care at all about whether or not we're winning. We got a chance to win a Super Bowl. He doesn't care about anything other than the bottom line. So in addition to costing himself $14.5 million, an decision in, and this wasn't one decision. It's a series of bad business decisions. That's bad business decisions. You could have sacrificed half your contract, shown up after the trade deadline, made six and a half million dollars, competed for a Super Bowl, end up making more in, in some playoff bonuses, and then going on, your, going on your way and getting a new deal. But instead, he's shown, I'll sit out the whole time. 
which if I'm another team, that scares the hell out of me. He didn't want a one-year deal at 14.5. He wants more money than that. He'll want two or three years. But what, what happens when we get to the team-friendly terms of a contract? That's how they all work. Le'Veon Bell's going to sit out. No thanks. Once a sit-out guy, always a sit-out guy. Just like women will tell you, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah, right? Like, if, if Le'Veon Bell's... Uh, modus operandi. His, if his, if what he's telling people is, hey, I've made a lot of money. I got enough money. I can sit out until I get what I want. So if that's true now, and he gets a new contract, that only be more true in the future. Only be more true in the future. Ben Roethlisberger said the guy didn't even text him back. Right? Like you text him, a guy texts you and says, hey man, hope you show up. Otherwise, love playing with you. You don't text him back. You don't even text him back, who dis? You don't text him back? Yes, Ryan. Did he text you back? Nope. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Music, what do you got? So from a team's perspective, obviously what you're saying about whether or not he's going to hold out, I think teams will be weary of that. But just from a player perspective, do you think his future teammates are going to look at it from a perspective of like, well, hey, now he's one of our guys and that was the past and we're not worried about it? Or do you think there are actually going to be a few guys in that new locker room who are going to be like, mm, I wonder if this guy's a team guy or if he's just a, I'm all about Le'Veon? I don't think anybody will care. Most guys don't care. They just don't. But, they, you know, there will if he, if he ends up no showing, you're like, oh, here we go again. I, I, do, I honestly don't think people care. You know, the one thing about the NFL is as long as you show up at work, do your job, guys don't care. And I do think that NFL players are hoping that he gets paid. Right? Like you're, hey man, everybody gets more. It's, it's like, you don't have to like your neighbor, but if your neighbor's selling their house, you hope it gets above asking price. Why? Because it makes your, your, your house worth more. I think that's how NFL players think. My issue is more if you're a general manager, you're an owner, you're a front office guy, you're a coach, you're going to hire a guy who thinks he should be compensated above that of a running back. And, and by the way, all those running backs do more than just run the football. They all catch it out of the backfield. But, you know, you want, you want to do something above that of a running back, and then you've shown that in the future, if you don't think that your contract keeps up um, with the times, that you're willing to sit out. And that would scare the hell out of me if I was another GM. Do you think that Le'Veon did anything in particular for future Steeler players? Like, let's say Antonio Brown, he's got a big contract or he got no. a big contract. You don't think he's going to try and pull the same thing? No. I think Antonio Brown, they, they paid. Uh, they tried to pay Le'Veon Bell. I was told his agent wanted him to take the deal. And that this is Le'Veon saying, nope. It's not enough. It's not, it hasn't hit the number that I want. Let's get to Dan Byer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Yesterday was a wild day for Dan because he had the Le'Veon news because we had the Rams and Chiefs game moving. 
because uh, he had this Draymond suspension. What do you got for me today? Well, we didn't even really hear from Jimmy Butler yesterday because he was introduced as a member of the 76ers and because of all the news stories he had. But we're going to see Jimmy Butler tonight in the Sixers uniform and in the starting lineup. He will play against the Orlando Magic and start. Now, new Timberwolves teammates Dario Saric and Robert Covington are going to make their Minnesota debuts tonight as they host the Pelicans. No word if they will be in the starting lineup or not or not for Minnesota. Thunder guard Russell Westbrook took part in the team shoot-around this morning trying to return from an injured ankle. Westbrook not likely to play tonight against the Knicks, but going to be re-evaluated later in the day. The Boston Bruins take on the Colorado Avalanche at 10 o'clock Eastern time in tonight's Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member. A Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn announced that defensive end Joey Bosa is expected to be on the practice field today doing some individual drills and maybe even some team stuff as he tries to come back from a foot injury that has cost him the entire season so far. Chargers taking on the Broncos coming up on Sunday. Doug? Thanks, Dan. Dan, I got a, I got a uh, personal nugget for you on the Chargers that I'm pretty excited about. Okay. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually going to do another uh, NFL game on radio. This one, Chargers Cardinals, in two weeks. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, pretty, That's pretty, cool. pretty, pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, brought to, uh, the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. L- let's welcome when you, you heard Dan talking about the Chargers. They're seven and two on the season. Hell, you go back to last year, and they, they're they won fifteen of their last twenty football games, and they've been all over. Right. They went all the way to London, beat the Titans. When the Titans went for two, they beat Oakland in Oakland last week. Now they get to come back home, still have a tough back end of their schedule, going to Pittsburgh on December 2nd, going to the Kansas City Chiefs upcoming as well. Uh, that's a game that will decide the division of Chiefs team that beat them on the opening week of the season. And at some point, as you heard, we'll see Joey Bosa next to this guy. Melvin Ingram, star defensive end for the L.A. Chargers, joins us on Fox Sports Radio Melvin, uh, this is not your first go-round with this team, but what is this November like as opposed to previous Novembers? Oh, it's just it's just a, a lot of focus, really. A lot of everybody really locked in because we we all got a goal in in, in in sight that we're trying to get to. So it's just everybody locked in, trying to make sure we do every little thing to get to that goal. Um, how often do you text Joey Bosa? Be like, are you going this week? Can we go this? Can we go and meet in the backfield? Like, how how often is the communication? I know you work with him every day, and he's getting closer. But how often do you just think, man, if we get the two of us out there, now all of a sudden we take even another step? Uh, I just I just let him. I, I just trust Joe, and I know uh, he gonna come back when he feel one hundred percent healthy. So so it's never me trying to force him to get back out there. It's just me trusting him, knowing he know what's best for his body. What's up with Derwin James taking some of your sacks? That that's not you know defensive backs can't be taken. You know this is what you got the big contract last year, and you know this rookie coming in taking some of your numbers away. That 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 couldn't be a good thing. As long as we out there making the plays, it's cool. I don't care who making long as we, long as we making them as a team. How much like he has so much ability? I've talked to people in the Chargers front office, and they're like, look, at the start of the year, he didn't even know he's doing, and he was still making plays. Where is he in the kind of the growth chart in not just ability, but also really knowing what he's doing because he has, you know, enough reps in games to figure out exactly what and where he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, he he he's he's developing to one of our leaders. Really, uh, he played himself into the position. Of, of course, he's one of the best players on this team. 
and he go out and make plays, and that's something you can't coach, really. Melvin Ingram joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. One of the things that's been impressive about you, um, I, I, there's an assumption from some in the NFL and some fans that guys play hard until they get paid, then they get paid, now you dial it back. You go back to last year in camp, you got a big, you got a new big contract, and yet your effort seemed to increase. You had another great year. This year, kind of same thing. How, how do you... How do you still stay hungry? What what is it that drives you, that motivates you now that you've not only been compensated but also recognized around the league for your skill? Oh man, it's just the game of football, really, man. It's it's, it's a blessing to get to wake up and do something you love to do every day, and it's the love for the game. I, I I'm I got a competitive nature. I always want to win. I always want to be the best at what I do. So no matter what what how they compensate you, no matter if they give you money or whatever, you still want to be the best at what you do. Melvin Ingram joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, the season seemed to turn last year, right? When you guys went uh, to New York and, um, and, and like, look, this year, obviously, the two losses to two really, really good teams. But was it last year that planted the seed for this, or is this a completely different year, different franchise? Give me, give me the reality of how you guys have been able to, you know, because you go back to three years ago, and there was always a feeling, well, the Chargers would find a way to lose. Now, especially this year and late last year, you found a way to win. When did that change? It's, it's, it's a completely different team, completely different atmosphere. We're a whole new ball club here, and that's what we, we base our, our whole team on is finishing. Finding a way to win no matter what's going on, and, and I think that's what's been getting done this year. Yeah, that's but that's really the story. Like, you know, Tennessee, you guys didn't play great against Tennessee, but you found a way. There were times even last week, didn't play great and found a way. But it, that's, a, that's a fair way for people who have paid attention to. That's what's changed most about, sure, the jerseys have changed and the talent is better. But the other part is you guys just are finding a way to finish and win games. Is that a fair perspective? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Melvin Ingram joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Phillip's got some dudes out there. I, I can't imagine when you're on the sideline, obviously you're taking a break and you're waiting for your next possession, but what's it like to see this offense, the high powered offense, giving you guys the ability to one, stay off the field, but two also know that if you give up a touchdown, they can go get it back in a hurry. Uh, it, it, it's great to have a, a high power offense. Like we got, it's so many weapons out there from Melvin to, to Keenan, the field to Tyrell, to, to, to everybody out there that's making plays. Travis, there's so many people we got over there making plays. And when you got an offense that power, high power, all we know is on defense, we get them the ball and they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Um, are, is, is Mike chirping to you about Clemson, how much better than they are than your Cox? Yeah, you know he always he always going at it. We, we go at it all the time. But Mike is, Mike play a big part of our offense. He's one of the most dynamic players on the offense. So, man, it don't matter. We, ain't, we both in the same place right now, so the college really don't mean nothing. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. But, and, you know, and I'm sure you point out to him, hey, back when I when I was in school, we were pretty awesome. It was a different story, right? Yes, sir. Of course. Melvin Ingram joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, all right. Last thing. The kicking game seems to have changed. At what point do you not hold your breath when you guys line up for I mean, with Badgley hasn't missed an extra point, hasn't missed a field goal. Have you guys gotten to the point where you don't hold your breath when the kicking team comes out? Yeah, we don't hold our breath. We feel like if we do what we're supposed to do on, on defense, then it, it don't matter what goes on in the kicking game. 
Uh, you've won six in a row. Things are going right. Broncos come in this weekend. Uh, they're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Hey, man, we wish you nothing but health and success. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Now, uh, Melvin Ingram, who's just a just a stud. And as I uh, I told you guys, I get a chance to call their game on radio against the Cardinals upcoming in two weeks in the National. My boy Matt Money Smith covers the the, the local games. Um, music is fun, man. You should you should come when I do the the Chargers game. I know you're not a it's not a Rams thing, Ramos. So you wouldn't be into it. But <laughs> Ramos, you're not invited. I like football, Doug. <laughs> what is the what's the one thing you hope to do differently? This second time around, since you since you had the one last week and now you got another one coming up, what's the one or two things that you just want to? If now that you get another chance at it, you're just like, all right, I know I'm going to do this better or different. So so look, I my, my process of of prepping for a basketball game, like I have a game tomorrow night. I have um, Penn State versus DePaul, part of the Gavit Games in Chicago. So tonight I'll take a red eye, go to Chicago. We'll do the show. Uh, get done at five o'clock, go over to the new arena where DePaul plays and and broadcast that game. So when I do a game and I'm looking at my computer screen now, um, what I like to do is I like to have one or two stories on every player, like stories. And I call people, I I read and, or I just know background stories on, on everybody. In addition to which you watch a couple of games so you can tell what a team does in in the NFL, when you're calling play by play on radio, you don't. It's not that you don't know the stories. You got to know the stories. You got to be conversant. Um, you got to know who's healthy and who's not, and how long they've been healthy. But the, the it's it's kind of all numbers and names, and personnel groupings when you're calling the game. That's really kind of all that matters, be- because your analyst is doing is telling you why, and you're just saying you have to verbally describe what, so you don't have a chance. You, you end up being too wordy trying to tell a story when you're just calling the game, right? Third and 10 from the 34-yard line. You know, Mike Williams is spread out to the right. You got, you know, you, you pick you, you pick who's out to the left, and you one back set behind. Austin Eckler is, is in motion. So you, you end up having to call number. You have to know the numbers and the coinciding name, and that's kind of the whole trick to it on radio for football. Does that, numbers, and, numbers and names. Does that mean for you, someone who is a Chargers fan and a team that you probably follow closer than most yeah. other teams, yeah, will that, that make it easier? Yeah, yeah, it'll make it. And, and like, look, part of it is um, it, it depends upon the team. Right. Everyone says that the Rams, and we'll see how much it changes now, they do 11 personnel. They didn't do a lot of subs. The Rams don't do a lot of substitution. Whereas I'm doing the Saints, and the Saints, they sub after every play. They change personnel groupings. Every single one. And I think I told you guys this one. Um, you know, you got two wide receivers, one who just got, you know, just signed off the practice squad the day of the game, a rookie at a temple, who's wearing 18, Mike Thomas is, Michael Thomas is wearing 13. And from the vantage point, I'm like 13 and 18, and they both similar body types. It looks the same. You, you put Taysom Hill in there at, at quarterback down around the goal line to run some zone read, and Taysom Hill is a white guy. He's a little bit taller than Drew Brees, but not much, maybe an inch taller. He wears number seven. Drew Brees wears number nine. And though I knew he, you know he's in the game, you're like, oh, wait, Taysom Hill's at quarterback. Drew Brees is out wide. You end up 
trying to set up the formation. You, you just, the more you do it, I think the quicker you are, you identify the personnel that's on the field. And when you know the numbers and the coinciding name, you don't have to have to look, you, you just, that's what you have to study time and again. And it becomes like second nature. And these guys that are really good at it, you know, whether it's Matt Smith or whether it's Kevin Harlan and the national guys and Ian Eagle, who's amazing. Uh, they just have instant recall of numbers and names. And it's not that they don't know the stories as well, but those aren't as important when you're doing radio. Not as important to know. Anyway, so excited about that one. Glad you guys haven't brought up any clips. That, that's very nice of you. Very nice of you. Le'Veon Bell uh, could be in the NFC East next season. We'll explain why next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Chris Sims from NBC Sports joins us. The Giants make a mistake winning that game. <laughs> you know, I'll say no. I don't, because I think this is the, the luxury that the Giants have, at least for this year, as pertaining to what you're saying is all about setting up to be, you know, the, the team that can take the top quarterback in the draft. I, I look at it like this. The teams they're fighting with don't really need a quarterback, right? That's where I look at it. You look at the worst teams in football, the Buff- Buffaloes, the Jets. They don't need it. I don't think John Gruden's going to draft a quarterback. Now, he's crazy, and he likes to select quarterbacks. I mean, he's crazy in a good way. But I don't think he's going to do that with Derek Carr and the, his, still his contract situation. The 49ers got Garoppolo. Arizona's got Josh Rosen, right? I don't think Detroit Lions are going to move away from Stafford quite yet. So I think that, realistically, they can be at number three or number four and still get for what my money is the best quarterback that I've seen just TV scouting to this point is the kid up in Oregon. He's the number one quarterback in the draft, and I would think that's uh, going to be the first guy called off the board, and I think the Giants are in a good spot to make sure that happens. If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Don't. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time, we'd like to get you caught up on as many stories as possible. We do it by playing a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Huddle up with Granger, America's trusted source for industrial supplies and safety products. Visit Granger.com for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Granger for the ones that get it done. Dan Beyer gets it Byer, done. What's the game today, Beyer? The game today is... Real news, fake news. All right, real news or fake news that Steeler players are having their way with the old locker of Le'Veon Bell. In fact, dividing things up amongst themselves, including T-shirts and shoes that Le'Veon left. Sounds like real news to me. They're real and they're spectacular. Yeah, this seems to be a theme with a lot of the Pittsburgh reporters that are on Twitter right now. The Steeler players, yes, going after the shoes and whatever was left in Le'Veon Bell's locker. His nameplate has been taken down, so the Steeler players are... I don't know, looting Le'Veon Bell's locker? I don't know if that's maybe the apropos, but anyway. Well, there's a couple of things here, right? Um, this is what, so when I go on the road and I do a basketball game, I didn't do it with Xavier. I should have. I have DePaul tomorrow. I do want some DePaul. I like, I like gear. Um, and anyone who says, well, we don't have gear. Like, did you have anybody transfer out? Because when guys transfer out, they got, you know, a couple sets of game shorts, a couple sets of practice shorts. 
And even though you may have taken some stuff with you, a lot of stuff you're like, man, I, I can't, when I transfer, it's not like I can take my gear with me because I can't wear it anymore because I don't play for that school anymore. So this is, this is part of sports culture. Uh, you leave it in your locker and you're no longer with the team. We clear it out. I, I, I can also tell you that, and I don't know if you ever left a job. When you do leave a job, you should go and clear out your own stuff because otherwise this is what happens. I never forget when I was at ESPN, I cleared out my stuff late one night and it was before I'd really decided to leave, but I was going on vacation. I knew I had to make up a decision during vacation. If I called them and said that I'm leaving, they would just put it in a box and send it to me. And yes, some of it would have been missing. So uh, I think this is funny. I think it's part of sports culture. Real news or fake news, Doug, that the NFL received information on the playing surface at Azteca Stadium on a weekly basis dating back two months ago. Wait, one, one more time? That the NFL received field updates about Azteca Stadium on a weekly basis dating back to September. Oh, th- that's probably real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, they got weekly updates, but it was a concert and a soccer match last week that ended up being the culprit of why the playing surface was so bad. But they were getting updates on how the playing surface, uh, I guess, held up. Even after that Shakira concert in October, things were all right, but it was the matches and the concert last week that really did them in. Yeah, and I'm also guessing that you don't, you know, you monitor it, but you don't. It's kind of like a hurricane, right? You know, we can look and we can see, look out in the tropics like, well, this hurricane could be a problem in two or three weeks. And you're like, all right, I, I keep an eye on it. Then all of a sudden it, it turns and the computer model says, all right, well, now it's a problem. And you make an adjustment. Um, this is bad for Mexico City. It's just really, really like we can't trust to get the field ready. Uh, you, you get one mulligan on this deal. And after that, it's over. Real news or fake news, Doug, that the Eagles are actually the odds-on favorite to have Le'Veon Bell in uniform to start the 2019 season. That sounds like real news. You are fake news. Fake oh. news. The Jets are the favorite. Oh, the team you talked about earlier, 14-5 to with the Raiders at 9-2. to The Eagles and Buccaneers actually follow with odds, but the Pittsburgh Steelers not on the board, according to Bavada. Mm, not on the board. Yeah, no, he's not, he's not going back to Pittsburgh. That ship has sailed. Real news or fake news, Doug? Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said quarterback Joe Flacco is going to have to practice this week if he wants to play Sunday against the Bengals. That sounds like real news. You are fake news. No, didn't practice today. Says he's not going to have to practice. He could still play on Sunday if he's all right. But, again, things may be lining up for an RG3 or Lamar Jackson start against yeah, Cincinnati. The problem, they're, they're apparently both taking one reps. The, the problem is that Lamar Jackson hasn't really even played in this offense. When he did, he, he didn't look... They've, they've used him and where they haven't used RG3, but they've used him in a completely different role. I would guess they'll have rotating quarterbacks. RG3 will be the true starter, and Lamar Jackson will run some sort of hybrid of what they've been doing with him then and what they could do with him uh, with the offense. Finally, Doug, real news or fake news that Phil Mickelson said, quote, it sucked, end quote, putting the green jacket on Tiger Woods when Tiger won the Masters in 2005. Sounds like real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, he said this last night on their HBO special. I had to put the green jacket on Tiger first in 2005 when he won as a defending champion in 04. And I signed so many pictures of me putting the jacket on Tiger. I mean, it sucked. That in preparation for their match coming up in about a week and a half in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And that's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. 
Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Got a spectacular show for you upcoming. Uh, our thanks to Melvin Ingram and the, the Chargers for for uh, for arranging Melvin uh, to join us earlier on in the show. Um, you know what I want to get to next? NFL insider Ian Rapport joins the show. I'll ask him what people around the league think Le'Veon's value is. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a spectacular day. Listen, there's been fires in Southern and Northern California, and um, we have people we we work with that uh, have been displaced, living somewhere else. And obviously, uh, by now, I believe you know a place you can go to donate. I will say that it uh, it is an incredible day in Southern California. Have you Ramos? You you work a lot. Um, have Have you been outside today? Uh, no, I I came in early this morning. Uh, I haven't been outside today since I got here about uh, nine a.m. Huh. Okay. Um, that's uh that that's that's interesting because um it is just just. Gorgeous, gorgeous outside. Uh, Ian Rappaport joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Ian, Southern California is going to get another football game. I I actually think this is the right. I I believe the Rams agreed to play in Mexico City back when they were still in St. Louis at the time. That was actually kind of part of the deal. But how big a PR disaster is this considering all the logistics that have to be arranged to play in Mexico City, all the dignitaries that were set to be there? Forget about the travel and the cost and the fans that were going to go there. Just how, 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 much, how many calls and how much glad-handing is taking place to kind of fix this thing after the, the field was deemed unplayable yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously not good. Uh, I would say a fair PR disaster would be, I guess, an actual disaster, which is players playing on a field that's, uh, not ready for competition and something that would be uh, unsafe for players. So it's obviously a bad situation, but I think by making this call, they avoided a much, much worse situation. Uh, but it's interesting when this happens, you know, when the league sort of steps out of itself and there's another entity that is helping with something actually uh, like game-related, for instance, like a game at Wembley, a game at another soccer stadium, for instance, um, or something like that, or a game in Mexico, it's kind of out of the league's hands a little bit, much more so than when things are happening inside the league. And, you know, when you have a lot of rain and you have a secure concert, um, the field suffers. Um, You know, could it have been okay? Maybe. But I think they made a safe decision and said, let's make sure that the biggest regular season game we've had in a little while isn't played on a turf that's subpar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and in no small but I think most any game would have been viewed as such because the field looks so bad in photos, but also, you know, this type of marquee event, Chiefs versus Rams, last thing you want is it to affect either the teams or the run to the Super Bowl, potentially, correct? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, again, like PR disaster aside, actual disaster would be one of the marquee players or even one of the not great players hurts himself on a field that's not ready for competition. I mean, think about... Think about that. Like, you know, it's like, you know, when you're assessing a situation, you have the worst case, 
um, and then you have something that's like frustrating. Like I would say frustrating is not having a game in Mexico. Worst case is a legitimate, real, horrendous, lasting injury with a great player because the field isn't ready. Ian Rappaport joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the Le'Veon Bell situation. What's his real value uh, supposed to be like this upcoming offseason? Well, um, I would imagine it's probably similar to what the Steelers were ready to pay last year, which is, you know, $15 million. And remember, he turned down five years, $70 million. And the guarantee wasn't great, but for the Steelers, they're always willing to give a little more upside because they don't guarantee deals into the second year. That's just that's just basically how they do their contracts. It's the same, um, you know, it's the same way that the Cincinnati Bengals do it, same way that uh, the Green Bay Packers do it. And, and, you know, every contract is a give and take. So there's a lot of upfront money, but not a lot of guarantee. Um, you know, and I think for Bell, the real question is, is he going to get the $17 million that he is asking for? Um, I can't remember a franchise-type running back in his prime being a free agent. So this is really a fascinating, really fascinating test case. Yeah, it, it's – I mean, last year we saw Kirk Cousins. The difference with Cousins was he played both years with the franchise tag, played well, and then he's at a position of need, and he had the Jets as a suitor to drive up the price, and then the Vikings where he ultimately landed. There's a lot of people that believe the Jets – well, the Jets have all this money, and they already have a quarterback, so they're going to spend it on a running back – um, but that that seems too obvious. And tell me where this these high high priced free agent running back. We we ha- again we haven't had this really right. Um, but do you do do you think that's what the Jets plan to do with all that money? I mean, I think the Jets will strongly consider it. Um, you know, are they going to just take all the money they have and give it to Le'Veon Bell? I'm not so sure. I mean, I've seen the articles. You know, I've seen the speculation. Um, I do believe they were a team that called about possibly trading for him, but there were others. Uh, it's just so hard now, right now, to look at you know free agency and say, all right, this player is going to this team when we have a million years to get there, and and um, I just don't think we're there yet. Ian Rappaport joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, we got some great stuff coming up. Uh, he hosts the Rap Sheet and Friends podcast, which is available every week. Thursday Night Football continues this week. Great game. Packers, Seahawks on Fox, NFL Network, and Amazon Prime Video. There, There is the narrative out there that the Packers' relationship between Aaron Rodgers and his head coach, Mike McCarthy, is irreparable. How accurate is that narrative? I would not say irreparable because they've had a lot of success when things have been tense. I would just say it's tense. Um, And I would also argue there are other situations like this around the league, and it definitely could be okay. Um, But, you know, it's something they're going to have to work through. And when you have two incredibly creative, very smart offensive football minds who – don't always think the same thing. In other words, this plays great. No, actually, no, it's not. Um, you know, then I think sometimes you get tension. And, you know, if you want to know if there's if this could actually work, I mean, look at the Patriots from last year. I mean, that was certainly a situation where there was a lot of tension. And they were able to work through it. And they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they got there. And I think for most teams, that's pretty good. Ian Rappaport joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You mentioned the Patriots. Uh, one local writer went and tracked every throw that Tom Brady had, and the report wasn't good. He, 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 they were bad, but he was bad. He was off target. He was having trouble throwing the football. 
Brady earlier this week said, I, I have to be better. Is there any concern in New England that, that Brady may be uh, not just, a, you know, that father time might have caught up to him? I wouldn't say there's concern, but, you know, I think for Brady, the most important thing is to realize and understand what he has. So if he's a guy who has done that, let's say, the arm strength he used to or doesn't stand in the pocket like he used to, I know he's struggling against the blitz, I believe they are going to figure it out because this is a team, unlike so many, that literally just takes what they have, takes the rules, takes all, everything they got, and makes it work, always, always makes it work. Um, so I would say once they assess what they actually have, I think they're going to be fine, even if Brady probably doesn't have you know, as much physical ability as he always has. He's 41. I mean, it's not going to last forever. So it's not mm, no. No, he's, he's, he's clearly not going to last forever. Check out uh, Thursday. Thursday Night Football continues this week. Packers taking on the Seahawks on Fox, NFL Network, Amazon Prime Video. Any sense for what the Ravens do? Lamar Jackson says he's going to be ready. RG3 is actually the backup quarterback, but they've used Lamar Jackson in kind of wildcat zone read type situations. And then you got Flacco who's not going to practice but may well play. What are you hearing out of Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. I expect Lamar Jackson to play on a significant level. Is he actually the starter? I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. But I, I do think there's been probably as much subterfuge on this one as I can ever remember. Uh, and I'm sorry, I have to actually run after this answer. But there's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a situation you, you going to the airport? Where, what's that? You going to the airport? No, I'm not, actually. Um, okay, I just I heard you zip the bag, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. There's, yeah, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts here. Um but, no, I would say this. Like, I expect him to play significantly. Whether he's starting, I don't know. Uh, the fact that Flacco's not practicing on a Wednesday after a bye week is not good. Um, so then I would say there's definitely a chance we see Lamar Jackson. All right. Uh, you go. Whatever, you, whatever moving parts you got, go do them because you're, you're very important to us and the NFL Network. Ian Rapport, NFL Network. Check out Fox, NFL Network, Amazon Prime Video, Thursday Night Football, Packers and the Seahawks. Thanks so much, Ian. All right. Thanks, man. I think he was packing for the airport. Music. Did you hear the zip of the bag? Was that that wasn't just me? That wasn't my ears, was it? No, I heard it. I the only thing I don't know is it also had a certain sound of young child. Could have been hmm. young child. Hmm. Especially considering the other day there was the video of him on NFL Network where his son kind of walked onto the set. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, that's right. Well, it's not not, not necessarily on the set into his. Well, in his he has camera a camera room. at his house, yeah. right? He has a camera at his house, and um, and yes, I did see that. I did see that. It's funny because I was I was hoping he was getting to the airport because I saw there was a ranking of top airports. And as somebody who's about to go over 100,000 miles for the year, I mean, why haven't they called me? But my, my big thing is, I've heard people complain, well, ma'am, their baggage system is just, who checks bags anymore? Who checked? Do you guys check bags? I, I, I honestly, I believe there's now three types of people, right? There's people that check a bag every time they travel. Um, those people are, are also known as women. Um, <laughs> there are, there are people that never check a bag and there are people that you have like a, def like a, like a definite limit in terms of never, uh, uh, a certain number of days. I feel that I have to check a bag. I actually have a little bit of a funny story. I'll tell real quick about checking the bag. When I was going to propose to my fiance, 
I obviously had the ring in the bag. Right. And she has whatever status it is on the airline and she's like gets two free check bags. So she had her check bag and then I had my bag. So like the night before we're leaving, she's like, Are you gonna check your bag? I was like, No, no, I'll just carry it on. She's like, I think you should care I think you should just check it. I was like, No, no, it's fine. And then so the next morning we get to the airport. And so she's taking her bag up there. She's like, look, we're already waiting in line. You should just check your bag. And I was like, I'm not going to check my bag. It's fine. I'll just carry it on. And she's like, I just don't see why not. I'm like, well, I'll save us money. She's like, no, it's free. And I was like, I'm not checking the bag. Okay, that's it. It's the end of the conversation. Um, So she always wants to check the bags. And I never want to check the bag. Yeah, I I never want to check the bags either. Um, That that, that was my thing. Like, I'm going, I'm leaving. I'll be gone for 11 days and I'm not checking a bag. Be like, how is that possible? It's like, because I will get laundry done. <laughs> I would I would rather do laundry on the road than I would have to check a bag and bring too many clothes around, like digging through clothes. Like, that just doesn't work for me. You know? I got a couple of suits, a couple of ties, and a bunch of workout gear and some sweats that I wear on the plane. And that's about it. That that's That's usually how I roll. That's how I roll. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Ramos, are you a bag checker? I haven't flown in a while, Doug. Bye, are you a bag checker? Absolutely. You can't carry on the golf clubs. You can't That's do right. it. That's right. There you and go. once and once you once you're gonna check the golf, the golf clubs, clubs, you might as well check. Now yep. now if you tell me like, look, I wasn't gonna check bags, but I checked the golf clubs. So once I check the golf clubs, there's no sense in having anything in my hands outside of my phone or maybe a book, right? Correct. That 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 makes sense. Part of human nature is that we're never usually satisfied. And there's one thing in sports right now that everyone thinks is a quick fix. I'm not sure it's because we're never satisfied. I'll I'll explain next. But first, sports fans, as you know, football season is here. We're mid-season. We're in the middle of November. It's time to get in on the action. Go to mybookie.net. Mybookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website that offers real Vegas odds on football, basketball, all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use the promo code Gottlieb when you register for your account and get a $1,000 sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off or tip off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie.net has live in-game action on every major league sporting event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie.net than right now. Just go to MyBookie.net, open an account, Start winning. Start playing. Start having fun. Use the promo code Gottlieb. You're going to watch sports so differently when you got a MyBoogie.net MyBoogie account. Plus, you get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B. That's your promo code. Get a 100% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void or prohibited. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. So the college football playoff rating rankings, college football playoff rankings uh, came out last night and for the first time I believe since they've been having college football playoff rankings 
there was no movement in the top 10. This has been a snoozer of a college football season to date. Now, look, there is still plenty of time. If you like chaos, there's plenty of time for chaos to still ensue. There is. And you're like, no way. Alabama's not losing to Auburn. Okay, I've heard that before. It's not likely they're playing them at home. Okay, then Alabama will play Georgia. Okay, now we got a shot, right? Yes, Georgia lost to LSU on the road. Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game, a uh, you know, which we didn't see last year until we saw them in the national championship game and Tua came in and won in the you know won in overtime. Um, that's still I mean, like, listen, chaos can still happen. Georgia with one loss, you could have you could have everybody with one loss. You have everybody with one loss. You know, Clemson still has Duke. They're probably not going to lose to Duke. Uh, Duke is seven and three, very well coached. South Carolina, I don't think they'll lose to. And then, you know, you're going to have some, likely a Pittsburgh, maybe a Virginia. Who knows if it's a, if it's a Georgia Tech that you could see in the championship game. Probably Pittsburgh. I think Clemson ends up being undefeated. Uh, Alabama's so, been so incredibly dominant. I would guess they are as well. Notre Dame be favored in every game they play down the stretch. SC, of course, name-wise, makes you think that, that they could be pretty good, but SC's just not good this year, even with J.C. Daniels' returns. But it is a road game. you got Syracuse, who's, uh, I think, wildly overrated at 12, but Syracuse is a team that could offer some resistance for them. But we have... We have this deal this year where because it's been boring and because so many seasons are over, there's still the need, hey, well, if Michigan finishes with one loss and Georgia, well, they'll have two losses. If Oklahoma and Michigan both have one loss, why does Michigan get to go? Or what about LSU considering their schedule? Or what about Washington State if they win the Pac-12 with only one loss granted to USC on their schedule? Or what about an Ohio State? If they beat Michigan, if Ohio State has a win over Michigan, do they go? Get, they get a chance to go play for a college football championship, right? Uh, granted, they only beat TCU and Oregon State and Tulane, but to schedule TCU and Dallas at the time, they thought that would be a better game. So there is still some need for, for, for people that are like, well, why don't we have six? Why don't we have eight? And the six would make sense to me because I, I think the six, I've always believed that if college football really believed their rhetoric, that, the, uh, listen, the, the, our regular season matters more than anybody else's regular season. And you could actually prove that to be true if, if you win your league, however you decide how you win your league, you have a league, and they all have league championships now, you win your league, you get an automatic berth. And then you have one more at large that everybody fights over. I think that would be phenomenal. The problem with it is now you're talking about seeding it so that you're going to have, in this particular case, you'd have an Oklahoma and a Washington State playing in like the play-in game. And while that might be fair to you or like your belief system, like, well, that'd be, or an Oklahoma and a, uh, or to be in this case, it'd be a, like a Washington State and who the at-large would be. Maybe a Georgia if they lose to Alabama, Georgia and Washington State. The problem is that now you're talking about Georgia, who's going to play an additional game with the SEC championship. 
then they'd have three games to win a national championship. At some point, you're going to have a team playing 16 games. That's too many. It's too many. But we have this need for, well, we got more, more, more. Less is more. The truth of a college football playoff is it's just a plus one. That's all it really is. They told you that it's the college football playoff, but it's not really a playoff. It's just a plus one. The only difference in this and a plus one is it can't come from any bowl games. It only comes from two possible bowl games. And we call them semifinals. And while it's imperfect because a, there's a team or two that are left out that, you know, whether it's TCU a couple years ago that was left out that could have gotten in, while there, there's always a team that you feel like could very well be deserving. There isn't a number that'll satisfy people. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I mean, here's the Central Florida is not getting in, nor should they get in. They're just not. Sorry. That's just the way it goes. And, and if you, if you want to sit here and tell me you think that they're good, I would also tell you, I'm not disputing how, if they're any good, but what would any of those other top 10 teams do if their schedule was at UConn, South Carolina state, Florida Atlantic, Pittsburgh, who of course is going to win their division probably in the ACC SMU at Memphis at ECU temple, Navy, Cincinnati, and in South Florida. What, what do you think they would do? They would all be undefeated. They would all be undefeated. But this need that we have for more, more has never been more. Less is in fact more. And you sit there and tell me, well, that's a cliche. Cliches are overused over time, but that doesn't make cliches untrue. When the going gets tough, the tough do in fact get going. And here's the best point for the, the more crowd being wrong. One, we don't pay attention to anybody. You know, I know Kentucky lost last week to Tennessee, and so they might not win 10 games. But all of these teams, you know, if Syracuse lose to Notre Dame. You're like, well, Syracuse lost Notre Dame, not going to play in the college football playoff. Syracuse, the turnaround of Syracuse is real and kind of amazing. The Pittsburgh thing is kind of impressive. Washington State might not play. They'll get a play. Washington State in a Rose Bowl, considering where they were year three. He won three games at Washington State. West Virginia, Daniel Holgerson, and, and their kind of rebirth as a, as a team. Phenomenal. But we don't pay any attention to them nationally because, well, they're not in the college football playoffs. Somehow, somehow that, that makes their season invalid. Like if Oklahoma, after losing Baker Mayfield, wins another Big 12 title. Lincoln Riley's there two years and he loses, what, three football games and wins two Big 12 titles? Like, like that's unbelievable to replace. And to fire Mike Stoops midseason, that's still right there out there for him. So the first thing is that the process, we, the, the, what we have now already, already creates this kind of atmosphere where no one cares unless you're in the college football playoff and takes away from a lot of other great seasons and good storylines. But the second part, and I, I use this all the time with paying college athletes. Well, you know, if you just pay them $10,000 or $20,000, the cheating would stop. When has that ever taken place? When has anybody said, I mean, there's not a profession in the world where somebody makes money and they're like, no, I won't take any extra. I won't want more. 
You know, Le'Veon Bell is the perfect example. He made $12 million last year, $12.5 million last year. He was going to make 14 and a half this year. He wanted more money guaranteed than the $30 million they offered him guaranteed. They did not offer him money. They just didn't offer him enough money. Human nature says, well, I want more. And so while we, while there's going to be a team, a Central Florida who might not lose a game again, an Oklahoma or a West Virginia who win the Big 12, a Washington State who wins the Pac-12, who won't get a sniff. If you give in and you expand, it becomes more and more is never more. Less is in fact more. Let's get you to Dan Beyer and uh, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Dan? Doug, the Warriors are going to be Steph Curry less over the next 10 days. The team announced that he's going to miss their next five contests, including a Texas road trip with his strained groin. He'll be re-evaluated in 10 days with the injury. Not only does he miss games at Houston against the Spurs and against the Mavericks, but also home contests against Oklahoma City and the Portland Trailblazers. Jimmy Butler makes his Sixers debut tonight against the Magic. He's expected to be in the starting lineup, while the Timberwolves can unveil their new pieces. Teammates Dario Saric and Robert Covington going to make their debuts against the New Orleans Pelicans. Thunder guard Russell Westbrook took part in the team's shoot-around this morning, trying to return from an injured ankle. Westbrook not likely to play tonight against the Knicks but he's going to be re-evaluated later today. Some news from college basketball. Division Three Fitchburg State has suspended player Kawan Platt after he viciously struck an opponent with an elbow during a game last night. Video of the incident made the rounds on social media. The school has barred Platt from their campus. Boston Bruins take on the Colorado Avalanche at 10 o'clock Eastern time in tonight's Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. In the National Football League, the Seahawks will have running back Chris Carson tomorrow against the Green Bay Packers as he returns from his hip injury. While Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa is expected to practice today in a limited fashion. He's been out all season with a foot injury, but head coach Anthony Lynn says he's going to do some individual work and maybe even some team stuff as well. Bolts have the Broncos coming up on Sunday, Doug. Music, you really think that the the Colts are a possible destination for Le'Veon Bell? It's not so much that I think that they are the option. I think they're the only team that actually makes sense. Why They have a good running back. Right, doesn't but, make anything. Why do they need some? Why, why would they? How does that make any sense? Well, I I think as as good as Marlon Mack and some of these other guys have done, I would certainly say that Le'Veon Bell would be an improvement over them. It's like the James Conner situation. No one's they, saying that Le'Veon Bell is worse than James Conner. It's just how much better is he? Yeah, but they're not going to pay top end of the scale. They're already paying top end of the scale for Andrew Luck. They rebuilt the offensive line. They have a running back. Like they have. Um, they 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 have so they have way more issues than just that. They they got to get more guys for him to throw to. They got to sprinkle that money around. He's a receiver out of the backfield. Yeah, that, sounds like a freezing cold take. That, that's Did kind a of cold a cold take instead of yeah, a cold I, take. I, I, yeah, I, I I got it. I got it. Do you do you like do you like that? I'm dude? on your side, Doug. Yeah, I think Marlon Mack is more than uh, enough for what the Colts have done. It just doesn't seem. Too, it doesn't. Uh, that doesn't seem Colts like either. No. Their, and their offensive line is starting to be really good. They're going to be the line in three years where we're like, oh, best offensive line in football. 
Indianapolis. Yeah, and I and I kind of feel like they add that, like they need guys for him to throw to, not gotten they not not overpay on a running back when they already have a running back. So like, who would be the team then that makes the most sense? Like the Jets, so the Jets are the team that makes the most sense. Okay, but why? You think you think the Jets are probably going to win somewhere between five and six games this year? Mm-hmm. So you sign Le'Veon don't have Bell. A first round pick. You sign Le'Veon Bell to however much money you're going to have to sign him to. To what? Go from six wins this year to maybe eight wins next year, and then you're going to hope to improve year over year. That doesn't usually always happen. There's usually a hiccup somewhere along the way. So then you're two or three years into a four to five year deal of Le'Veon Bell, and you've accomplished exactly what? That's again. I I don't like. I wouldn't sign Le'Veon Bell. He wants top end in the market. I wouldn't do it. But you asked which team it makes the most sense. It makes the least. One of the teams it makes the least amount of sense for was the one you said it makes the most sense for. Like I, Marlon, I'm saying Marlon team, Mack is Marlon Mack is good, dude. Marlon Mack's fine. He's not. He's not a problem. There's nothing. You know, he wasn't great last week, and he's not a great wide wide receiver. What you get is you you get another. You you get a third down or a hybrid back. That's what they're gonna do. Right? Like, why would you put all your money in one guy? And you also have to look at where somebody comes from. Okay, so the Colts general manager. Do you know where he comes from? Chris Ballard. Yeah, Kansas City. Okay, and before that, where, where was he? Uh, I don't know. New Orleans. Okay. I mean, he's, he was with the, excuse me, he was with the Bears. Sorry, he was in Kansas City, and he was one of the other guys with New Orleans. He was with the Bears um, before that, and then he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, so look at the, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Have they put a bunch of money into their running back? No, absolutely not. They're going to build, they're going to rebuild the Colts the way, in, in a similar fashion to how they were originally built with, Peyton Manning, right? You're going to try and go out and get wide receivers, a tight end that he can throw to, guys that really, and I think Eric Ebron's had a nice kind of bounce back season with them. So you feel like you might be okay at tight end, you might be good at running back, got to get some more wide receivers, and then you got to have defensive ends that can turn it loose. That's what they had in Kansas City with Justin Houston. That's what they had in Indy back when they had Peyton Manning. I just, it's not a position of need anymore. And they already have a guy who's fine. Then you go out and get a hybrid guy. He comes from Kansas City. They got a league leader in rushing who's in the third round. And, and, and the other lesson you learned in Kansas City was the guy who preceded him, who led the league in rushing, he got hurt when he's making a bunch of money. They, running backs, running, it's not just that running backs aren't needed as often and you can get a couple of guys to do one guy's job. They also have a tendency to get hurt because when you hand it to them inside the tackles, they haven't been able to change rules to make it so that they don't get hurt as often. So I don't see, I don't see, the, the Jets are the one that, that everybody thinks, they think they're going to be players. Just no one knows what the actual value is. I get that. I guess my point is not so much about whether or not the Colts will actually be the team to sign him as much as we all think that it's probably going to be the Jets or the Raiders or a team that has a ton of cap space. I, I don't just think, think it'll be the Raiders either. Uh, right. I'm just saying I think those teams would all be foolish to make such a deal because it's not going to make their team any better. Like They have so many other issues to deal with. Paying a running back $80 million for four years isn't going to make your team any better. Don't you think he's going to sign with a team that has an ulterior motive outside of winning? As crazy as that sounds, but... 
trying to make a mark, trying to save a job, trying to give a young quarterback another guy, doesn't that where Le'Veon Bell fits in? Uh, I would say mostly does it. I don't think it's. I don't think anybody signs a player, um, top of the market type player, because they think that guy's going to sell tickets. Right? The only thing that sells tickets is winning. It's the only thing that sells tickets. I, I think that the Jets have one cap space to a need. Maybe there's a little bit of it. It's in New York, but I, I think it's that they feel like they need somebody to protect Sam Darnold. And while they try to rebuild the offensive line and all the skill positions around him, he does you know, fill two needs. He gives them running back and he gives them a guy who catch the ball out of the backfield. I would say that's really kind of the logic behind the two. That's the logic behind the two to me. I, I don't know if it's faulty logic because if it's me, I, I, yes, you have to rebuild the offensive line through the draft, but they also trade away a bunch of draft picks in order to get Sam Darnold to begin with. So uh, you, you probably have to use that money because their offensive line is bad. Everything about their offense outside of Darnold is bad. If everybody else got left, at, got left off the team, or if everyone else was missed the bus, I'm not sure you'd be that much worse off. I really feel that way about it, and that's if you want to watch the Jets play. And so I think they're... Um, um, I think the Jets become a factor not because they're trying to make a splash, not because they're trying to get attention in New York. I don't think that's ever part of a legitimate idea. Or it should be a legitimate idea. What it should be is, hey, here's a guy who can be a running back. Here's a guy that's decent in pass protection. Here's a guy who can catch out of the backfield. And it's somebody that Sam Darnold can always depend on. And if you're Le'Veon Bell, you're signing up for a big check. And also, I would guess for big stats, because you're going to get checked down to a ton, knowing you're not going to win football games for at least a year. At least a year. All right, coming up next, we'll get to uh, what the Fox said. Chris Broussard thinks Jimmy Butler will hurt Markel Foltz's development. We'll discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. Count on Granger to drop a winning play. Visit Granger.com for industrial supplies and safety products to help your business cross the goal line. Granger for the ones that get it done. Uh, thanks to the good folks at Granger. I'll be in Blacksburg, Virginia, checking out Virginia Tech, ta- uh, taking on Miami. Also doing a show. A show on Twitter uh, from the good folks at Stadium Sports. That'll be a lot of fun on Saturday. College basketball tomorrow night. Penn State taking on DePaul. You boys kind of busy. Sunday I'll be doing the induction ceremony for the College Basketball Hall of Fame. We got some stuff going on. In the meantime, let's get to what the Fox said. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? Here's Chris Broussard on Undisputed this morning talking about Jimmy Butler and how he will fit in in Philadelphia. In theory, this is great. You've got a legit big three. You've got a pass-first point guard. You've got a dominant big man. And you've got a wing score. That's like Magic, Kareem, and Worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe 10 years ago, it would have been perfect, perfect. for the NBA. <laughs> However, there are tons of red flags. Tons of them. Yeah. And number one red flag, you gave up all your shooting. 
you didn't have much to begin with. Not all your shooting, but you didn't have much to begin with. Covington was one of your best shooters. He's gone. Sarge was okay. He's gone. Now all you have is J.J. Reddick. Somebody told me that that's close to Butler. Somebody told me, oh, Fultz is done. Hmm. Like, Fultz is done. He's not, Fultz is not, Jimmy is not going to sit there and coddle Fultz. Mm -mm. Oh, it's all right. He's clearly got mental problems with his shot. And Jimmy's going to be like, hmm? Jimmy's like, I was homeless at one point in my life. Yeah, I was a late first round draft pick. I had to, I didn't play much my rookie year. You a number one pick and you can't get your shot right. And, and eventually will he look at Ben Simmons that way? I agree. I mean, what what Chris Broussard is pointing out is that Jimmy Butler was not seen as a great teammate when he left Chicago, was not seen as a great teammate when he left Minnesota. And, um, you know, putting him on a team that has some established players and personalities, as well as putting him on a team when you have Markel Fultz going through kind of the mental health issue of, you want to call it stage fright or performance anxiety, whatever's going on with his shooting, that, that, that doesn't bode well for his future. Additionally, though he may think that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have better toughness than the young guys he left in Minnesota, they lost a lot of shooting <clears throat> from last year. And the NBA is not just about how good your star players are. Joel Embiid is a superstar. Ben Simmons has a chance to be a superstar. Jimmy Butler is a really, really good all-star level player. But you got to have space to have pace and space. You got to have three to have three and D. And you trade away Covington and Saric, who didn't require a lot of maintenance offensively, but, could, but demanded the respect of the opponent because of their shooting. And they were also versatile defenders. Like you trade two, star, two starters for one. There are people I've heard that say, well, they should have taken the Houston Rockets trade for four first-round picks. Well, first of all, you can't trade back-to-back first-round picks. Right? So if you've got a Rockets draft pick this year, if the Rockets, even if they don't turn it around, which they're going to eventually, you're talking middle of the first round, and then you don't get one for another two years, and then two years after that, and then two years after that. Like, that's just the reality of it. And the Rockets weren't just trading first-round picks. They were also going to give you back bad contracts in return that you didn't want. So um, I, I like the trade from Minnesota's perspective, and I'm not as bullish on the 76ers. I'm just not. Brett Brown hasn't shown himself to be an elite-level coach. Some of that is the personnel he's dealing with. Some of that is their own inadequacies. You have a, a head coach that's not proven, a player who thinks he's going to come in and immediately change the culture, never been seen to be a great teammate. Ben Simmons won't shoot outside. Neither will Markel Fultz, and Fultz doesn't appear to have any sort of confidence outside of five feet. And then you got Joel Embiid, who's a super, super talent. No one knows if he can play a whole season. Outside of that, the 76ers look like the perfect team. What does the fuck say? Hey, I'm, I'm fascinated to see if it works. I really am. Really, really am. Byer, you think it works in Philadelphia? I mean, usually, I'm, huh? I'm not sold on Ben Simmons at all. I, 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 for, so when we talk like big three, 
I think that he gets so overrated, and with Jimmy Butler coming in and maybe, as you said, not spacing the floor, um, no, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think that they're better than the three other top teams in the East. Um, yeah. And I and <laughs> Covington came out of nowhere, um, but that was all part of the process, too, of taking a guy that they felt had great value and uh, when they were doing the process, and now you've sure you were able to take that piece and turn it into Jimmy Butler. But as he said, Sharich was good as well. Two good pieces that Minnesota's going to utilize. And I also agree with your point about the Rockets, too, because the Timberwolves, you've got a core there of Towns and Wiggins that you have to you have to put pieces around them because those first-round picks, two of the first-round picks wouldn't have been until 23 and 25. Correct. You've got to put pieces around them. So that deal didn't make sense to me when it was – I think the Timberwolves – Made out pretty well to put pieces I, around those two guys. Sure. I, I do. I do too. I I, I honestly do. Like th- this idea that Thibodeau, um, they're not in fire sale mode. They're not. They don't. They believe. They still believe they're a playoff team, and they might well be right. And, oh yeah. By the way, we're like forgetting the fact that it feels like they've rediscovered Derrick Rose's game. Yeah. You know, and what do you need? And as well as Derrick Rose has shot the ball, if you create even more space with Covington and with Dario Saric, as well as Carl Anthony Towns, who can post up and can score outside, and then you got Andrew Wiggins. Like, that's not a bad That's not a bad team. Not a bad team at all. No, and with the Sixers, Reddick scores me, or scares me more than, um, obviously, Fultz and Simmons do scoring the ball. But, yeah, I just, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't, I know it's a nice hype machine in Philadelphia, but... I just don't see it. I think it's actually – I think Joel Embiid's greatness gets overshadowed so much because we want to believe in Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons as being these great, great players. And I think the gap between Embiid and those two is huge. I think Simmons is really, really good. Obviously, his lack of a jump shot and desire to take it um, will make it hard in the playoffs. Um, But I agree with you in terms – Embiid, as good as Simmons is – see, I think Simmons is better than you give him credit. But as good as he is, even if I give him credit – it. The, the talent of Embiid, I think, pales by, comp- you know, uh, mm-hmm. Simmons pales by comparison. Just really does. Because Embiid is uh, a, a big, a legit big who can defend the rim, who can switch ball screens, who can make shots inside and has great agility and uh, outs- has great agility in, in the low post. So I'm, I'm with you as far as that's concerned. D- Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. We'll check in with Vegas coming up next. Rams and Chiefs game going from Mexico City to L.A. How does that affect the line? Find out next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Yesterday was wild, man. Yesterday was absolutely positively wild with so much news. So much news coming down, uh, coming down the pike. You know, we had the the game moving from Mexico City to L.A. We had Le'Veon Bell who decided, hey, you know what? You can take your six point five million and put it where the sun proverbially doesn't shine. And then, of course, um, we have news of the Baltimore Ravens and uh, the possibility of three quarterbacks being up and ready. How do we handle all these situations? We go to Vegas. And uh, go ahead. Let's go to Vegas. 
Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles! RJ Bell Show follows our show here on Fox Sports Radio. His show is called Straight Out of Vegas. So is this segment called Straight Out of Vegas. RJ, what, what happened with the line, Monday Night Football, in the conversation of game of the year, Chiefs, Rams, now that it's moved to L.A., what happened with the line? Well, first, we got a bigger story to talk about, Doug. When I came to L.A. this weekend and Monday for Fox Sports Radio Business, they said it's the first time Doug Gottlieb wasn't in studio in memory, and there was speculation it was some kind of thing with me. It was just like, I don't care that RJ's there. I'm not coming in. Do you want to make a comment and stop the rumors? Stop what rumors? I have no, I have, I have no, beef, I have no beef with you. No beef with you. Just because you guys are coming in to meet the execs because you, ha- you don't spend every day in the studio, and we do, and oh. I'm not. That, that doesn't mean, that doesn't somehow mean there's a beef. No, actually. I'm going to be gone for 11 straight days. I was gone last week, and, you know, I, gotta, I wow. want to do a... Be, be a little bit of a parent and a father a little bit more. That's all. Well, well listen, I was, I was obviously making up a joke because the story was we were doing filming and such, and you were nice enough to just do the show from home. So, Yes, that, that's, that's actually exactly what took place. Uh, how good are the commercials or the, the digital stuff that they recorded? Well, I tell you, the Super Bowl stuff for the whole Fox Sports Radio, I'm, you know, obviously it's the first year for me, but the, the amount of... Uh, Are you sure you're going? I'm, I, I wasn't, I, I saw the list. I wasn't sure your name was on it. It, it is, actually, and uh, thank you. And uh, they said, uh, you could bring your number two or we'll bring Doug. And I said, let Doug come. So I, you should be fine at this point. All right. Cool, uh, cool, cool enough. Um <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's let's get to the line. The game that was supposed to be Mexico City, now it's NLA. What changed? Well, I tell you, I think it's a huge disadvantage for the Rams. And here's why. The Rams were doing something very, very smart, which was planning, and they did go to Denver or Colorado to prepare at altitude. So the theory being at altitude for a week or so gets you ready for that game in Mexico City at altitude. They were already in Colorado and had to turn back around. So you've got a home team in the Rams now on Monday night that literally just flew halfway across the country and back, whereas Kansas City's just been in Kansas City waiting, and now they're going to have to make one trip instead of a round trip. So it's a weird situation where the road team has less travel than the home team in this game Monday. Additionally, who's going to be in the stands, right? Now, I think they're going to be there, fans, but the, the typical season ticket holders don't have tickets for this game. I've heard a report they're going to give tickets to firefighters and various other people that deserve them, and that's wonderful. You just got to wonder what the crowd makeup's going to be. I think that's a big question mark, another negative for the Rams relative to now them being perceived as the home team in the marketplace. By the way, when it was a neutral game in Mexico City, the Rams were favored by two and a half. Now it's up to three and a half. So the market's saying, oh, Rams are benefiting from this change of venue. I'm not sure they really are. Hmm. So what is it? What, what, the, what did the line exactly do? So it went from two and a half 
to three and a half. Now, you might say, oh, wait a minute, that's only one point, RJ. You've told us for a long time home field is three. But remember, three is the, the number three is the most common margin of victory in the NFL. So really, a move from minus two and a half on the favorite to minus three and a half is commensurate with ten and a half to thirteen and a half, for example. So it's only one point, but it's worth about three points because of how valuable the number three is. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think I agree with you to training in Denver. And part of the reason they're doing that is altitude. Part of it also, the reason they're staying there is because of the fires uh, in thousand close to Thousand Oaks where they train. But I also think that actually prepares you for it. And look, there's another part to it. They don't have Cooper Cup. Uh, he might not, he's not their best wide receiver, but he's might be the favorite wide receiver of Jared, of Jared Goff. I think that affects them. Playing without Cooper Cup, they're not the same offense. And typically, and, and this is the case in basketball too, and you know very well, is when you have an injury, if it's not a generational talent, but it's just a good player, it's usually the first game or two that's the toughest because you're not used to not having that guy. Eventually, maybe someone fills in for Cooper Cup in a way that's close to his quality, but I think the first or second game without him is probably the biggest negative for his absence. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, all right, let's let's go around to a couple more games that are interesting this weekend in the National Football League. Uh, let's let's go with the Chargers. Who uh, look, they haven't played great. They haven't played a great schedule, but they are seven and two. You go back to last year, and you know, finishing nine and was a nine and three down the stretch. So you know, you're talking about uh, uh, what they won sixteen of their last twenty one games. That that's not bad in the NFL. And now it appears that they're getting closer and closer to Joey Bosa coming back. He's on the practice field today. They have the Broncos coming in, and the Broncos uh, are still kind of scuttling. They're seven-point favorites. Does it change any of your thoughts if they have Joey Bosa playing this Sunday? For sure, because one, a true game changer on defense. So it's, uh, if you just look at the spread, you'd say a half a point, maybe a little bit more. And there's only a handful of defensive guys worth that much. So that's a statement in itself. Number two, the psychology of it, right? We've been waiting, waiting, waiting. If you're a Chargers fan, here it comes. I think it would be a uh, injection of energy for the team if he comes back. Here's what I can say for sure about the Chargers. No team has better losses, right? Because the two losses against Kansas City and the Rams. And until they beat Seattle, I was like, well, no team has worse wins because Really, the toughest other opponent was Tennessee on a neutral, and the rest of the wins for the Chargers really weren't impressive at all. But, boy, going into Seattle and winning that game, that, to me, was probably one of the three or four games this season of all teams that made me reevaluate the winner. That was that Chargers win. So I was a Chargers skeptic, and I've probably now moved towards neutral with the Chargers. By the way, Broncos off a bye, getting a lot of respect here. I mean, seven seems a little cheap to me, though, again, the Chargers are another L.A. team that do not have great home field or doesn't have a great home field advantage. No, no. And um, and Denver's a Denver's a team that does traditionally travel well. The difference is this is a three and six Denver team. And I and I don't know how well they'll actually be traveling any anymore. Right. They're they're kind of planning and plotting for next year. Let's get to the Cincinnati who they fired their defensive coordinator. They've been the worst defense in the National Football League. Then they go out and hire Hugh Jackson, who, of course, was there previously as their offensive coordinator. 
Um, they go on the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and Baltimore doesn't, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They're coming off of a bye, and Joe Flacco's still not out there. My guess would be that means he's not playing. We might see RG3. We might see Lamar Jackson. Uh, what does this do to your opinion of the game? Boy, this is one I haven't really heard a consensus, meaning some people are saying Flacco, if you look at the stats, as bad a quarterback as you're going to see. Thus, yeah, it could be worse, but it, it there's a lot more upside with you know uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, more specifically. I think we are very clear about RG3. Now, if he's made some quantum leap that we don't know about behind the scenes, I'm skeptical of that. Uh, on the other hand, I think Lamar Jackson playing could be a disaster because even a great, I mean, think about Peyton Manning, his first entire season, his number of interceptions, right? So I don't think anyone's all that down on Sam Darnold, but he hasn't been able to uh, play great yet or even average yet his rookie year. And remember, and Doug, you know this very well, since the new union agreement, the amount of snaps the backup quarterbacks get in a week are just a lot less. So I'm it's not like oh he's tutoring, oh he's getting ready. I'm not sure sitting really gives you the experience and practice that it did before this most recent agreement with the union. And thus, I personally would, if I had a ticket, if you told me, RJ, I'll give you 10000 if Baltimore wins, I'd rather Flacco play. I'm well, not sure everyone else agrees with me here in Vegas. I actually kind of agree with you. All right, let me, let me get to this one. The Jags this weekend are interesting. You go back to last year in the AFC divisional round. Um, this was Blake Bortles lit up this Pittsburgh defense, and and they got a win. They beat the Steelers twice last year, but this Jacksonville team appears to be a mess, even with Leonard, Leonard Fournette back. They're playing at home. They're playing against a Pittsburgh team that I I, I think was actually actually uh, found some solidarity uh, throughout the season with the James with James Conner, and now that he's officially the guy with Le'Veon Bell, no showing on Tuesday. Um, they're obviously solely behind their running back who's given them, what, 771 yards and 10 touchdowns on 164 carries this year. So I guess the question is, is this Jacksonville's last stand? They bow up as home dogs and show us the talent they have on the defensive side of the ball, or do they lay down much the way they've done the last, I don't know, five games or so? I think they lay down. I don't think, first of all, I think it was an all-in game last week. I think Jacksonville, and we had Jacksonville. It was a push. Colts were favored by three, one by three. I, and I don't know if you saw the game. From my eye test, they were playing about as hard as they can play. What, did you get a chance to see the game? I did not. I was actually at the Bengals-Saints game. Oh, so to me, I, there's a concept called the dream crusher. What does it mean? It means yeah. whatever your goal of the season is as a team, the day after – that or the game after that dream has been crushed is the most difficult emotional motivational game of the season and i would make the case the jags are now out of it i mean yeah not statistically but i think this team went all in off a bye against the colts lost now what now the question with pittsburgh is how much is revenge on their mind? Because a Pittsburgh team is the type to lay an egg on the road. But they've been hyper-motivated and for game after game now, been playing very well, as well as anyone in the league. I think you can make the case, is this a flat spot because it's not a great Jags team for the Steelers? Or is it revenge because they were beat twice last year against the Jags once in the playoffs? And finally, how much of this is matchup? 
meaning when a team loses twice in the same season, both times Pittsburgh was over a touchdown favor in both of those games. Jags win both outright. Is that a sign of Pittsburgh being flat? Because you wouldn't think so in the playoffs. Or is it a sign that Jags just match up well against them? Great stuff as always. RJ Bell, check out his show. Follows mine. That's at 3 Pacific time, 6 o'clock Eastern time. And of course, you can follow him at RJ in Vegas on his Twitter account. Go to pregame.com. That's the website. That's where they set the official lines for the AP. RJ, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Doc. Greg Cosell from the NFL Films joins us next. Um, no Le'Veon Bell. How much of a drop-off, if any, is there with James Conner? And how good is Le'Veon Bell? The guy who watches all the film and breaks it down for us joins us next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every week we, uh, we get a chance to dig in with Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He's been doing this for 40 years. And he gets that all 22. And he's like, you know, basically this is what is actually happening based upon the film that I'm watching and analyzing. It's incredible stuff. And uh, it's so cool to be joined by him. Greg Cosell joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. Uh, I, I was watching, I, I got a chance to actually call a game last week on radio. The saints wow. taking on the, the saints taking on the Bengals. And obviously the Bengals defense is not good. They fired Terrell Austin <laughs> afterwards. Uh, that said, um, Look, I had heard and I've watched on tape the Saints' ability to use different personnel groupings, yes. find the mismatch, and pick pick you apart. They really only hit on one pass play that in the ball in the air traveled, I think, more than 15, 20 yards down the field. It was like one. One explosive play, but they just there's good balance there, and they find a way to get the right guys open and get them the, the football. Um what what's the weakness there? Is it is it a, a lack of explosive big playability throwing the ball down the field? Like I'm trying to figure out how you beat the Saints, how you slow down the Saints, other than obviously keeping Drew Brees off the field, which is hard because they got the best run defense in the league. Uh, um, what, what's the weakness there? I don't think there is a weakness to their offense. I think that it starts with personnel and their multiple use of it. Then it's formations, and that's very multiple as well. It's shifts, it's motions, and it's tempo, because Drew Brees is a master at tempo. So very often he'll get to the line of scrimmage, and he might snap the ball right away, or he might research the defense. You don't know that. Uh, And he doesn't get sacked a lot because the ball comes out so quick. So it's a timing rhythm pass game. And Breeze essentially dug wins before the ball's even snapped. The great quarterbacks in today's NFL do that. They win before the ball snapped. They know where they're going and they've already researched the defense. And yes, do they validate it on their first step? Of course they do. But for the most part, they win before the ball snapped. Mm, Um, there have been some Boston area reporters who are watching Tom Brady, and some of it is when he's forced off his spot, he's never as accurate. He didn't have Rob Gronkowski, but they're simply pointing out, hey, that ball is not on time, on target. The, the accuracy and arm strength just wasn't there last weekend. Um, how, 
how how many times is that does that happen often was this a well is this the exception like you watch all the tape what's the tape actually say well last week was a particular game in which the titans did a really good job now they're not the only team that has tried what was successful in that given week which was a lot of multiple front looks a lot of different pressure concepts very often with just four but it was a second or third level player who was part of the four and obviously they attacked him in the interior which is where everybody likes to attack tom brady now he got uncomfortable in that game very quickly he was started to anticipate pressure uh, now one thing that has stood out this year, and I think the Titans knew that going in, and they obviously made it worse, was the Patriots have not been very good versus the Blitz this year. And there's multiple reasons for that. It's not just Tom Brady, obviously, but that's been a problem all year. And normally when teams blitz, in the old days, you'd always say, well, you get one-on-one on the outside. That's not necessarily the case now because there are so many more advanced, sophisticated, detailed pressure concepts that it's not just a case of, hey, let's win on the outside. But that's one area in which the Patriots have really struggled this year, Doug, versus Blitz. Uh, you have pointed out throughout the season that as good as Andrew Luck has been, he hasn't been throwing the ball uh, deep downfield. They continue to be successful. Is he continuing to improve in terms of arm strength and throwing the ball downfield? Or, or is, it, is it still kind of cleverly mixing and matching and finding, uh, uh, you know, finding in and around the line of scrimmage throws? I would say that uh, they've done a really good job of mixing and matching. It's not really a downfield passing team. One of the things that Frank Reich has done exceptionally well is they've made this a very timing-based offense. That's the main reason he's not been sacked in four weeks. I mean, we all can remember Luck back uh, sort of in the, I hate to say the old days, but before the injury, where he was in an offense where there were a lot of deeper drops, where he had to run a lot because the pressure got to him, or he would get hit as he threw it. That doesn't happen now, because it's a much different pass game, much more timing-based, more rhythm throws, more three-step, quick five-step. The ball gets out, and that helps your offensive line as well. So it's a symbiotic relationship. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, That's the voice of Greg Cosell from NFL Films. Are the Cowboys playing better offensively? Uh... Not necessarily. I mean, when they run the ball well, yes, they are playing better offensively because their offense is built on their run game. But again, this is where when you watch the tape, you see what you see with their pass game. Cooper will help because he can win one-on-one, and they are very much an isolation, individual-based route-running team. Uh, So winning one-on-one is critical. Cooper can do that, and he did have a big one-on-one win on their final TD drive last week. But, But Prescott... Still, every week he leaves throws on the field. He doesn't really see things clearly for the most part. And he's a see-it-throw-it quarterback. He needs to see it open. And that's why he leaves a lot of throws on the field. So he'll make a few good throws every week. He is an NFL starting quarterback, Doug. But he's, he, the tape tells you a different story that he's not playing really well. Yeah, and it's, it's great stuff. Greg Cosell joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, James Conner obviously statistically has really been effective. They were great on Thursday night. When we last yes. spoke with you, right, it was before that Carolina game. Um, is, is, are they better? Are they the same? How are you seen? Like I said, 40 years of tape. Sure. Get, compare and contrast the Steelers offense last year with the Steelers offense this year and why they've been able to be so successful with a different running back. Well, 
first of all, let's let's avoid the conversation of traits of Connor versus Le'Veon Bell, because that's not really a relevant conversation right now. James Connor is playing. Now, James Connor this particular season has far more explosive runs than Le'Veon Bell had a year ago. So that certainly helps your offense. In fact, James Connor, if I'm not mistaken, has more 20 plus yard runs than any back in the league. And he's shown the ability to be patient, to run with vision. He's got short area burst. He's got finishing power. He's a very good back in the context of this offense. And he's quicker than people probably think. He lost weight since he came out of college. So James Conner is giving the Steelers what they need from the running back position. And he's also a very good receiver. So there's really no difference in terms of production, and, and one could argue that he's been as or more productive than Le'Veon Bell at times. So there's no change in their offense. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Help me out with Le'Veon Bell. What, what do you think of, you know, he wants to be paid at a level commensurate above that of other sure. running backs. Is he worth it? Well, I, I think that depends on one on a team's view of what they want their running back to be. Because I think if you're going to pay a back that kind of money, then that means that the back has to be the starting point of what you do offensively. Now, that doesn't mean he gets 30 carries a week. No one does. But that means that your offense... With the run game, obviously, but also with your pass game, has to work through your back. The Rams are a great example. Their pass game is play-action-based, outside zone run-action-based. So even when Gurley doesn't get the ball, he's still the foundation of what they do. So if you want to pay Le'Veon Bell that kind of money, then you have to understand that's how your offense has to work. Because otherwise, if you're going to give him the ball 12 times a game, there's a lot of backs you can give the ball to 12 times a game. Yeah. Why did the Carolina Panthers struggled so mildly? Obviously, uh, Cam had that terrible pick six where he was, you know, on his back leg and just kind of flung it up, and it ends up getting picked off. But but they couldn't really get in in rhythm. Was it the Steelers or was it the Panthers' weakness getting exposed? Well, they had that great first drive where they marched right down the field and they did a really nice job of, of using McCaffrey and of creating some matchups. Um, and then I think they struggled in pass protection quite a bit. And the Steelers have been very, very good over the last three, four weeks with their pressure concepts. And I think that caused some problems. Um, they, they had a high blitz frequency in that game. They felt very comfortable being able to match up to the receivers on the perimeter. So it was, it was a game in which the, the Steelers' pressure concepts beat the Panthers' protection schemes. Uh, now, the, the Panthers will probably learn from that, but that was one of those games. Both the Chargers and the Bears have gaudy records, but have played against inferior competition. Uh, let's start with the Chargers. How legitimate are they? Well, I think any team that has Phillip Rivers at quarterback and the weapons that they have offensively is a, is a tough team to prepare for and to defend. Uh, those big receivers on the perimeter, Allen, Will, both Williams, they're big, they're physical, uh, they have some, some vertical ability, and Melvin Gordon is, is a multidimensional back at this point in his career. So they're a tough offense to, to defend. I think defensively, it's, it's not your grandfather's Gus Bradley's defense. He's done a lot more as the coordinator there in terms of personnel and looks and pressure. So I think they're legitimate. The Bears... The Bears are interesting because Trubisky's a second-year player. He's not necessarily a highly talented thrower, but it's an incredibly well-schemed offense that presents defined reads for him and causes problems for defenses. And, of course, we know their defense is very good. I've always thought, Doug, that Vic Fangio was one of the best defensive minds in the league. 
He's a grumpy sucker, though, man. Oh, he's, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> he he's, he's an old school guy. He all is the way. a classic old school guy. I, I did sideline for a, for a game for the Bears Dolphins. Oh game. yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't say. And you know, one one of the guys I was working with, I won't throw him under the bus. He was like, "Oh, but this is one of the best defense. Got to be one of the best defenses you've ever seen." He's like, "What us? Like, no, oh, whatever." No, he's 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 old school. Whatever. He's great whatever. though. I mean, he's he's, he's one of amazing. my favorite guys. He's he's am, he's amazing. Um, yep. Amazing what what he's been able to do. Um, uh, l- last thing, uh, we we, ha- we won't see the Chiefs till Monday till they match up against yes. the, uh, till they match up against the Rams. Are the Chiefs evolving any? Like this, Pat Mahomes, he had only started one game when he came into the year, and oftentimes, I'm just wondering. You mentioned how how well schemed the Bears' offense is. Obviously, Matt Nagy comes from the Kansas City Chiefs just last year. Are the Chiefs evolving any in terms of how they're using Mahomes and all of that weaponry? Well, yeah, I think they're becoming much more diverse formationally. That's one of their strengths is they are so diverse formationally with Hill, with Kelsey, with Hunt. You know, They run a lot of empty sets. You really have to match up to people. Hill is really difficult to cover when he's in the inside slot to trips when there's three receivers to one side and he's the innermost. Uh, so they're a team that's based on that, and they're doing more and more. And then they use a ton of motion and shifting. So they're a really difficult offense. The Rams, on the other hand, are different. They don't do a lot of that. They pretty much line up with 11 personnel, meaning one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, something like 97% of their snaps. They're not really a complicated offense when you look at what they do. They just make it difficult with how they go about doing what they do with their run game, with their jet sweep action, and they create voids in the middle of the field. How much does losing Cooper Cup change them? Uh, I mean, I really like Cooper Cup. My guess is, and I know people will disagree, that I think Josh Reynolds will probably step in, and because they're, they do what they do so well, that it won't be a big, big loss. Great stuff. Greg Cosell, NFL Films. Watch him, follow him on Twitter. Obviously, he appears here and on with uh, Colin Cowherd, and he does an amazing job. Greg, we love our time with you. Thanks so much. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Pleasure is all ours. Let's get you to Dan Beyer, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. Dan, what do you have? Yeah, not only do those Rams have a Monday night matchup in Week 11, they're now going to have a Sunday night matchup in Week 14. The NFL making some changes to the upcoming schedule, flexing in that Rams-Bears game on Sunday, December 9th. Steelers and Raiders moving out, but don't feel bad for the Steelers. They'll get their own Sunday night game a week before. Chargers at the Steelers flexed in on week 13, kicking the Niners and Seahawks out of that primetime spot on Sunday night. Seahawks have the Packers tomorrow on Thursday night football on Fox, and they will have running back Chris Carson for that game. He's going to play against Green Bay returning from a hip injury. Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa returned to practice today in a limited fashion. He's been out all season long with a foot injury. There's a chance that he could play against the Broncos coming up on Sunday. Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco didn't practice today because of his hip injury. Head coach John Harbaugh did say Flacco could still start against Cincinnati without practicing this week. No Steph Curry for the Warriors over the team's next five games. The team announced today he'll be sitting out with a strained groin and will be re-evaluated in 10 days. He is going to go on the road trip to Texas with his team but not going to play in games against the Mavericks, Rockets, and Spurs. He'll also miss home contests against the Thunder and Blaze. The American League and National League Cy Young Awards will be handed out coming up in about an hour or so. That's actually on the MLB Network. Blake Snell, Corey Kluber, and Justin Verlander up for the honor in the AL. In the NL, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Aaron Nola are the finalists. Doug? 
Okay, so if if um, uh, if Jacob Degrom wins it, that's the fewest number of wins anybody's ever had as a starting pitcher, correct? Yes. And and won the and won the Cy Young Award. Yes. Is there any question that he should win the Cy Young Award? No, I don't think. Every, I mean, for as good as he is, as he was this season, uh, near the top, only Aaron Nola had a better war. ERA uh, was best in the National League by far. Uh, his his yeah, whip so, was up so there. So how, yeah. how is the war calculated if your ERA is, so Jacob deGrom's ERA, 1.7 runs uh, per nine innings, right? Aaron Nola, 2.37. How? And, um, I'll kind of go through it. Nola pitched 212 innings. DeGrom, 217 innings. DeGrom, far more strikeouts, 269. Um, he also, Nola had more walks, 58. Fewer strikeouts, 224. Uh, DeGrom allowed three more hits, but also pitched six more innings. So it's it's about even. So I, I don't understand. the. I, somebody's going to have to explain to me the, the calculation of pitching war if every stat Jacob DeGrom has, with the exception of wins and losses, is better or at least equal to NOLA, why is his war lower at 9.6 to 10.5? Uh, John Ramos, over to you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thanks, guys. Not sure. That's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, uh, I, I, maybe I, we need to have baseball. But, yes, I do think, I mean, DeGrom's going to win it, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, now what about uh, what, what's what's the the AL a, AL Cy Young? I don't know why they don't do this in the playoffs though. It's like nobody cares by now. It's so over by now. Maybe it gives content for MLB Network where they run it, but barely, barely. Mookie Betts wins AL MVP. Is that about right? Even though Mike Trout's the better player, Mike Trout missed a substantial number of games. Mike Trout's war is slightly lower at 10.2 to 10.9, even though Mookie Betts had uh, J.D. Martin- Martinez's protection in the lineup. I think it's harder to be Trout. I think it's hard to play and care and perform when there's no reason to play and care and perform. And, you know, you're, you're just fighting for the middle. But that's me. And it's not just the Angel Homer, the Homer Angel fan in me. Here's Kevin Durant last night after a win over the Hawks without Draymond Green. Hey, Kevin, have you and Draymond been able to hash anything out? No. Do you see that happening anytime soon? I'm sure it will. We got a long season ahead. Did he cross the line with anything last night that was said? I'm going to keep that in-house. That's that's what we do here. I know you guys got a job to do, but I'm not trying to get nobody no headlines. What happened, happened. We're trying to move on. Just trying to play basketball. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. One thing about not making headlines does make headlines, right? When, can, you, can you replay the question that he no-commented there at the end, if you would, John Ramos? I'd appreciate it. Did he cross the line with anything last night that was said? Right, how- right. so if the answer is no, then the answer is no. Uh, and listen, I'm not searching for anything here. It's pretty obvious and right out there in front of you. If he didn't cross the line, then the answer is he didn't cross the line. He he was willing to answer the, have you talked about it? Have you talked to him and hashed it out? And he said, no. Now, look, I, I do I think the, the, the relationship is reparable? Yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm also guessing that Draymond, 
this is what happens with people when they when they when they argue with each other, right? Like there's always that guy that goes to the part in the argument where they got other stuff that they want to unload and they just figure they get it all in. Ryan Music, um, would you think of Draymond's style where he uses so many things of the past, apparently, right? I'm, I don't know if he went to social media, but talking about free agency and talking about everything else. And it all comes into this argument, which is and the arguments about whether or not he should have passed the ball. I just think that in if in the context of all of that, he's not willing to admit like, hey, you know what? You're right. I don't know what I was doing on that play. That's on me. We clearly all you have to say is my bad. My bad, dog. My bad. Right. That's what I'm saying. But if he's unwilling to admit that and dig up some other stuff, then, yeah, he's clearly in the wrong but if you, they're like, there's a right way to do it. If he goes, you know what, Kevin, like, you're right. I messed up there. I need to pass the ball there. But let me tell you where I'm coming from. Right now, I don't trust you. And here's why I don't trust you because I don't think you're committed to this team long term. Then it's like you're actually being self deprecating and you're bringing the issues to light. But if you're not going to accept any blame and then you're just going to deflect by bringing that up, it comes off in a much worse way. Okay, just so you know, this is basically going to be, when you get married, this is going to be every argument you have from here until the end of your marriage. Ramos might, I hope he's sitting there nodding his head right there next to you. I agree with you, Doug. Because what they do is they they stew and they have things that they just, they're like, oh, okay, I'll put that that right here, right? Or as I... um, as Joy Taylor said, you know, like we just put things on a shelf and when we and when we get into an argument, we pull it off the shelf and we put it down on the table. That, that's what they do. And that's really what Draymond Green did. Draymond Green's like, you know what? And I'm mad that you're that you're leaking out there that you might you, you might leave in free agency. And, I'm, you know, you just unload all these different things. That's frankly a, a way in which women, they have a tent. They don't they're not going to get on to you about every little thing. They're just going to remember it. And then when you do something dumb or when you overreact, you get into an argument. Now they just start like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm ducking. I'm dodging things. If you're really friends, if you're really friends, uh, one, this is fixable. Two, you, even if you say some things you don't mean, you would have apologized already. And three, I, I, I do think most of the stuff, all that stuff you could have been said could have been said in private. But they didn't, they didn't hug it out, and they're allowed to stew. And though KD may use it as personal motivation, um, I, look, I think the Warriors were reacting only to that instance and that there's just places you can't go in front of a team. These are things that can remain private. But I also, I'm going to, I just... this does feel like the end of the Durant and Warriors. And I would guess that Draymond, the guy who really recruited him, signed off on it and said, hey, no, no, don't worry, guys. He's cool. This is like the the mafia, right? Where you, when a guy in the mafia welcomes somebody else into the crew, welcomes somebody else in the crew, and then he turns out to be a cop. Like, wait, you said he was cool. You end up looking like a fool. Draymond doesn't want to look like a fool. Two-star players are still out. One almost ready to return. Another still on the sidelines. Tell you about it next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day this time we play, we, uh, 
We try and get you caught up in as many stories as possible. We read, we react, we get to the press. The press. The press is brought to you by Granger for safety and industrial supplies. Granger's got your back. Visit Granger.com. Dan Byer, what is in the press? The Warriors are going to have to get used to playing without Steph Curry for a little while longer. He is going to be out the next five games because of his strained groin. The Warriors said that he'll be re-evaluated in 10 days. Going to miss a road trip in Texas and also home games against the Blazers and Thunder. Five. All right, we'll get to see how Kevin Durant does with that, with the, with, you know, as the as the alpha. We saw him some last year. This is going to be fascinating. Now all of a sudden we're paying attention to Warriors games again. Division three Fitchburg State suspended basketball player Kawan Platt after he viciously struck an opponent with an elbow during last night's game. It was all over social media today. The school barred Platt from their campus. The matter remains under investigation. So if you haven't seen the video, um, Platt, there's a kid from, uh, who are they playing? Uh, let's see here. I have the team that they're playing. Um, he, he, Nate Tennant. Teneglia, Teneglia, excuse me. Um, it's Nichols. So they played Nichols College, Nate uh, Teneglia, and he shoots and makes a three. And this kid, Kawan Platt, after he shoots a three, holding the follow through, just comes over and, and, and bows him in the head. Like it's not like it's a, they, they square enough to punch and dude just walked into a straight right. This is you're completely and totally defenseless, reprehensible de- behavior. And the difference with Division Three is now these kids are on scholarship, so I think he's by Felicia. Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa was able to practice in a limited fashion today. Tries to come back from a foot injury. He could possibly play against the Broncos on Sunday. They're going to need him, especially with that Denzel Perriman as their middle linebacker, a guy who calls the defenses. But the good news for the Chargers is as they had uh, – the Steelers game flexed out, right? December 2nd, that's going to be Sunday night football. They still have to go to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Though they won't have Perriman getting arguably the best rush linebacker in the National Football League back. Now you have a dynamic duo. A good team just is getting better. Chargers-Steelers flexed into that Sunday night spot for the Week 13 matchup in Pittsburgh. That took out the Seahawks-Niners game in Seattle. Seahawks have the Packers tomorrow. They'll have Chris Carson for that matchup, returning from a hip injury. Much needed. Well, I shouldn't say that. Seahawks running game was still good without him against the Rams, but he'll be good to go tomorrow against Green Bay. Yeah, Penny was good. Penny's finally starting to live up to where, where he was drafted. And Browns GM John Dorsey told reporters today interim head coach and defensive coordinator Greg Williams will get a chance to interview for the help, for the full-time head coaching position. I know me personally, I would like to see a man of character. I would like to see a man who can lead young men. I'd like to see a man who's got high football acumen. I mean, those are the three basic things there. So Dorsey's looking for in a head coach. He's going to get an interview every Sunday until the end of the season is his interview. Don't tell me, show me. The other game to flex out, week 14 in the NFL season. You'll get Rams-Bears on a Sunday night as the Steelers-Raiders game was moved out. So the Bears not only flexed in this weekend when they host the Vikings, in three weeks they'll be at home against the Rams in a Sunday see the Rams, night See, the Rams can play in the cold. Remember uh, 85 Bears when the Rams tried to go in there? Didn't work out so well for that Rams team. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. All right, boys, Thursday Night Football is going to be a good one tomorrow. I won't force you to make any picks. I will point out that my pick Monday night stunk, and your guys' picks were better Monday night. 
They were they were just they were just playing better. Uh, we will be live in Chicago tomorrow because I'll be broadcasting Penn State to Paul. I know, I know, huge ratings. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Website Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.